Hi, I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer for ERMI. Today we have two guests to talk about the evolving market for cannabis and hemp in what is the fifth largest economy in the world, if it were its own sovereign nation. I'm here with Donna Wright, ERMI's Agricultural Product Manager, and we are so pleased to have as our guest, Camille Dixon, a director for the California Department of Insurance and one of our outstanding ERMI AgriCon presenters. Camille manages cannabis insurance policy initiatives and the low-cost auto program for the California Department of Insurance. Hi, Camille. Hi, Joel. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here today. We're glad you're here. Hey, Camille. I'm so happy to visit with you today. We really had a lot of fun together at Sacramento AgriCon, and I really enjoyed your hemp cannabis market update. So that was fun, and I'm glad to talk with you. So I noted in your bio that you were named as an elite woman of 2017 by Insurance Business Magazine for your leadership in cannabis insurance policy. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that was nice. So tell us, how are things going right now in uh, our new world in the California Department of Insurance? Is everybody working from home um, like we are at Army, or, or what are you all doing? Kind of a mixed bag. There are some people that have to go into the office, and so they take the appropriate social distancing measures and are wearing masks and following the COVID-19 guidelines. Um, and then there are folks like me who are working from home. Things are going well. Things are busy. Um, there's been a lot of change, as you know, and so that's been keeping the world of cannabis pretty busy. I'm sure that you're aware of this. Um, cannabis has been deemed an essential business by, well, it was deemed an essential business and still technically is um, by the state. And so that means that the businesses were able to function while we were on stay-at-home orders, which, you know, the businesses are starting to open back up again. So things are changing pretty rapidly. Um, the cannabis industry is doing very well. The insurance industry with respect to offering cannabis insurance has kind of stalled a little bit, but I think that, you know, with the ebb and flow of the market, we'll start to see some more interest in, you know, the offering of cannabis insurance. Hmm. Awesome. Camille, j just to level set for our listeners, you know, marijuana in all its forms is legal in California, correct? That's correct, Joel. We have medical that was legalized in 1996, and adult use was legalized in 2016. Okay, so yeah, sometimes you hear... But... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say both were legalized by voter initiative. Oh, awesome. Yeah, sometimes you hear the terms, you know, and it's confusing, cannabis or hemp or marijuana, and they're all used interchangeably. So maybe you could just go ahead and explain the difference, uh, you know, from, from, you know, a insurance perspective in your state. Sure. So from an insurance perspective, um, an insurer might be looking at a few different things when looking at cannabis versus hemp. The first is that cannabis um, has a different concentration of THC than hemp. Um, that's not something that you could tell necessarily by just looking at the plant. But hemp plants tend to be thinner. They tend to look more oily. Um, and again, you know, through the farm bill, which was passed at the federal level, um, hemp was removed from um, as hemp was removed from the Controlled Substances Act 
as a Schedule One substance. So those are the major differences. It's, it's, I would say if someone isn't familiar with cannabis and hemp, it might be hard to tell just by looking at the plants. You'd really have to test them for the concentration levels. Um, but they're in the same family. Um, I'd like to think of it as, you know, if you were going to invite someone to your family reunion, you'd invite cannabis and hemp because they're part of the same family. And so it is confusing right now, and a lot of the confusion has to do with the concentration level and, you know, the look of the plant. And, I mean, there's really, unfortunately, nothing we can do about that right now. You just have to kind of work with the different plants, you know, to the extent that you can to understand the differences between the two. Got it. Now, you know what? Hearing that, Camille... I'm hoping that none of our listeners later tell us we named our twins cannabis and hemp. (laughs) 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 That whole family (laughs) reunion conversation. (laughs) Well, I I love the analogy, but maybe what what do you have you seen as some of the risk management or insurance industry challenges associated with cannabis legalization? You know, you kind of started it off saying like, well, maybe we're reacting. I know we did a, a live uh, session talking about the Cannabop um, that was that was introduced by AAIS, uh, one of our other speakers at the at the conference. But what, what do you, are we meeting the needs of the, the risk management community for uh, marijuana or or not? I would say that we're always looking to do more um, because cannabis is not a new topic. The topic of cannabis and hemp, for that matter, has has been around for quite a long time. And um, I would say that right now the issue is trying to get the information that will help those who are in risk management make informed decisions. And we can only get that information if people are willing to step forward in the market and offer products to the industry. And even when they're doing that, that still takes time to build up that data. And so that's what we're, that's what we're grappling with right now. We need more information. And while there are some, um, I would say, there's some data that is comparable to cannabis and hemp, it's not quite the same, right? I mean, you don't have the federal differences. You don't have the state-by-state type of Um, differences with respect to how they're rolling out legalization, whether there's medical, whether there's not, whether they're only doing CBD or if they're only doing hemp. Um, And so there are some market differences, and it's really important to understand, you know, what the laws are in each state. And within each state, you sometimes have local-level jurisdictional matters, too, because, like in California, for example, we have 482 cities here, and and we have 58 counties. Within the, you know, counties and cities that we have, there's a ton of, you know, different things going on. So that also plays into um, the narrative as well. And so I think that that's also what's going on in other states, too. And so when you're looking at, you know, risk management, you know, and how to learn about this product and figure out if you want to offer it and how to advise your client, you're looking at all of these things. So it's not just a one-answer type of issue it, there's multiple things and again time will address a lot of this right because at a certain point we have so many states that have legalized we're going to have to look at federal um descheduling you know they're taking comments at the federal level for that or they were last year at some point and um i think that's where we're headed so 
again, the issue of time will resolve some of these matters. Others, we're going to have to get more insurers in the market. And I think as they become more comfortable with, you know, what the states are doing, they understand more about the plant. Um, you know, they understand that, you know, the risks for the most part aren't different than any other business. We will see more information and we'll see it more of a willingness for people to offer products in the market. You know, um, kind of similar to what you're saying, Camille, I know that um, growing and selling hemp and cannabis, you know, do come with their own special set of risk and exposure. So, you know, what would a regular BOP uh, business owner policy do or you know, maybe the same question with liability policies. Does a straight CGL cover all the risks? Can you talk to us about some of the gaps in coverage with what we call our, quote, regular policies? Yeah, I mean, I think for a business, even a cannabis business, right, I mean, you have the same risks that other businesses do. So you would need those same lines of coverage. Um, you know, in terms of speaking specifics, it's hard for me to do that in my position just because I, I really can't give business or legal advice, and I certainly don't want it to be construed that way. However, I will say that the, there, we need everything. We need more product liability. We need more general liability. I mean, you know, cannabis businesses and hemp businesses should have options. And a lot of people think that I've been talking to because hemp, you know, was removed for, as a Schedule One substance in the Farm Bill that everything's just fine. And the hemp market is struggling to find some of the same services that the cannabis industry is struggling to find. Again, it's the, the, it's the newness of it on the legalized market, right? I mean, it's been around. There's been pilot testing for it. Nevertheless, some, some industry, um, insurance industry and banking industry um, professionals are still hesitant to offer services to, those, to that industry as well. So we see it on both sides. Um, and I would say that, you know, we need insurance in every area. I mean, you should have options just like you and I have options. If we're going to go get an auto insurance policy, we can choose from, you know, the gamut of all of the auto insurers there are in the market. And it should be the same for the cannabis businesses. Um, and so with that being said, I mean, I hate to sound overly inclusive, but I would say we need everything. I mean, we do have CGL. We do have lesser risk. We do have some product liability. We do have you know, some other types of um, commercial multi-apparel and different things. However, I just don't think it's enough. And I think that the industry should have the same types of options that any other business would. And when I say the industry, I mean the cannabis industry and I mean the hemp industry. So I should say industries, I suppose. But um, I, again, think that's just going to come with time. We just don't have the information yet. And right now with things being the way they are in the nation, I think that the focus has shifted to other things. Good point. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, I definitely take your point about, you know, you can't comment on coverage or give legal advice, but I guess that's why we, we're here, right? Because we can analyze forms and um, look at coverages. I, I know that there are specialized coverages for this business because there are gaps. I don't know that the, the policy forms or the Canabop forms that are out there um, address every single one, but I think that's why we have brokers who, who can advise customers on on risk. And uh, we, ha we do have, you know, some leaders in the marketplace that are that are doing that. And I, I certainly know some of them are sponsors of our, our program. So uh, um, I'm pleased for 
all the leadership we have in getting the proper coverage um, as the industry makes sure it meets the needs of um, its insureds. So Absolutely. one challenge, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, the industry is the most informed in this position because they're the ones that are talking to the, the cannabis industry and the hemp industry when they come into their offices and ask questions about the types of coverage that they need. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage um, cannabis industry and hemp industry professionals to talk to their brokers, talk to their accountants, talk to their attorneys, have an honest discussion with them about what their day-to-day -day business looks like. And that way you can get toward the coverage that you need. And so I think that's a great point, Joel. Yeah, great. Because, you know, I think one of the challenges, Camille, is, is what happens when you have hey, neighboring states with different laws, right? You, you kind of alluded to that earlier about maybe a federal solution. But, you know, employees who might work in, in neighboring states or, or banking or other challenges for insurance. And, and you know, what, what we don't want is the insureds or employees winding up getting in trouble with the law because of cannabis. Um, have you seen, had any experiences with that or um, what, what's your take on that? With the federal differences and state differences with respect to cannabis legalization? Yeah. Um, my experience has been that in California in particular, we haven't seen anything where, you know, um, we haven't seen an insurance company get shut down for working with the cannabis industry, we get that question a lot. We have not seen that. Um, I think the big thing is to make sure you're following the state law, right? It's when you're going in there, you're on the illicit market, you're not paying your taxes, you don't have a license, you know, you're selling to minors, you're furthering a criminal enterprise. Those are the types of things that are going to get you into trouble. Um, you know, California has been a leader in this space. As I mentioned earlier, we legalized medical in 1996, and it's been a long road to get to where we are today. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean that it's without challenges, but I think with all of the states that are looking at legalizing, it speaks to a greater narrative at the national level, which is that, you know, the states can be incubators when it comes to these type of decision-making processes, right? And so I think that what we're going to see is a continued, um, continued hands-off approach from the feds unless you're doing something where it's illegal. Um, I, but I've not heard of an insurance company having a bank account shut down. I've not heard of an insurance company being prosecuted. I've not heard of, we've not heard of these instances. We were getting those questions for a while. We haven't received any questions about that in a while, but it's something that we continually monitor. And, um, again, I think it's making sure that you're following the law. You're being transparent. You know, you have the set of books that you have reflect exactly what's going on in the business. And that's for the cannabis industry, that's for the insurance industry, you know what your client's doing, you know, you're keeping up with that, um, you know, you're making sure that they're not, you know, doing something that seems questionable. Um, those are the types of things that I've seen, um, you know, with more, you know, more fastidious insurance companies who are working with the industry. Of course, there are, I say that because there are, you know, insurance industry professionals that aren't working with the industry quite yet. So, um, but the ones who are working with the industry are taking very, very great, they're going to very great lengths and being very cautious about making sure that their clients are following the law and that they're licensed and, you know, they know what's going on in the business. So I think that's a good thing. 
So, Camille, we're running out of time, and I, I want to ask you this one last question that Donna put together for us. So it's a, it's a tough one. It's, a, <laughs> it's about the legalization of cannabis and the claims that follow. So, uh, you know, a little research, an interesting recent ruling by the California Court of Appeals reversing a marijuana fire insurance ruling. Seems an insured tenant on the fire insurance policy illegally altered the electrical grid in order to grow marijuana more efficiently. And of course, there was a fire. The lower court ruled with the insurer, which declined coverage because uh, it said the fire loss was under the control or knowledge of the homeowner and the insured had control over the tenant's conduct. Now, uh, Donna and I both have uh, kids who have lived in our house and uh, Donna, what do you what do you know about kids there? Can, can you tell? That I have no idea that's gone on in their rooms in my own home. <laughs> so uh, we just like to get your your take on it. I think that it's hard to follow any particular precedent right now because the between the circuits are very split on cannabis. So, um, I mean, I think that it's an interesting case. I think that in terms of you know what it means for someone in california who has a similar set of facts it all just depends great well camille we've really enjoyed speaking with you today and as donna said we appreciate having you come and represent the california department of insurance at uh, sacramento and ermi agricon uh it you know you did a great outstanding presentation and we appreciate California's le leadership on, on this issue and being a, an incubator state, you know, that's that's important because that helps other states figure out the, the right path. So um, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful and safe rest of your week and weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Camille. We really appreciate you. Yeah, and we want to invite everyone who listens to our podcast to register for our September 15th and 16th AgriCon. It is going to be virtual. That's an opportunity to stay safe and learn more about this topic and others related to the agricultural insurance industry um, from the safety of your home. So thanks, everybody. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. Go to ermy.com for more information and be sure to subscribe there to Ermy Podcast for more talks like this and to be notified when a new episode is released.